Good morning. And welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist. We are glad that you're here. And as many of you know, we have some special guests with us today. And so we are, uh, we'd like to extend a very special welcome to the North Carolina Baptist Children's Homes and Dr. Michael Blackwell. We are glad that you are here today and we look forward as you lead us in worship this day. If you're here today and you are a guest, uh, we welcome you in a special way as well. And as you exit uh, the sanctuary on the right side or on this aisle over here, as you go out, there's a welcome center. We have a gift that we would like to give to you, and also there's a section there where you can fill out, or a, a sheet there where you can fill out some information about yourself. We would like to get to know you a little better. So whether you're here as a family or as a college student, uh, we welcome you here uh, to Bowling Springs Baptist this morning. This is a day that um, we uh, tried to make happen in October, but the weather uh, and our good Lord uh, uh, let us know that that might not be a great idea. Uh, but there were storms up around the mountains there in the Broyhill home. And it was not a good idea for the children to travel on that day. And so we're glad that you're here today. And we're glad that it's not snowing today because we were concerned about that uh, at one point. So we're glad that you're here and have arrived safely. And uh, I want to say a very special word of thanks to our missions committees and also our uh, GA leaders and others who have uh, made some very special, I think, have went above and beyond in, in doing some things to make today very special. And so... Uh, many of you will be surprised a little later in the service uh, with some different uh, things there. So I want to thank those who had a big part in doing that. Uh, before I introduce Dr. Michael Blackwell and turn the service over to him today, just want to say that uh, there are announcements. There's a lot of, about the Children's Home in your bulletin this morning. But there are announcements and just things that you need to be mindful of on the back of your bulletin. And so please be mindful of that. I'm not going to go through those. We are having children's missions this week. It is not in your bulletin, but please be mindful of that. And so, uh, again, we're glad that each of you are here today. Uh, before I introduce Dr. Michael Blackwell, I want to introduce or just make mention of uh, another guest that we have with us today. But uh, Dr. Al Cadenhead was the pastor at First Baptist High Point when I went there in the summer of 1996, fresh uh, off of graduate, uh, you know, walking the aisle or in the gym here at Garden Web and graduating uh, in the spring of 96. And a couple weeks later, found myself at First Baptist High Point serving as a summer youth intern under the then pastor, Dr. Al Cadenhead. And Dr. Cadenhead is here with us this morning. If you'll kind of wave your hand there. Um, he is serving in a new church relations role with Gardner Webb. And uh, when I mentioned to him, he said something about wanting to come by today. And I just mentioned to him about the children's homes. And he reminded me that uh, he and Dr. Michael Blackwell had a, a very special history and that Michael Blackwell was a member uh, of First Baptist High Point. And when Al left to go preach uh, his trial sermon, that infamous trial sermon at another church, Dr. Michael Blackwell filled in for him that, that Sunday morning at First Baptist High Point. So Al, we're glad that you're here today and we welcome you this morning as well. And I understand that there are some other uh, guests here with us today who are friends of different people with the, uh, the uh, children's homes and so we'd like to extend a very special welcome to you as well. We are pleased to have with us today Dr. Michael Blackwell, who has served since 1983 as, a, as the president of the largest home for children in the southern United States. The Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina annually serves 1,276 children and youth and 960 families from 19 locations throughout the state and Guatemala. Total residents and families served through the Developmental Disabilities Ministry is 53, with 7,572 clients served 
through the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry. The total number of people served in 2014 was 15,690, with 101 residents accepting Christ. The Baptist Children's Homes operates on a $17.5 million budget and employs approximately 222 full-time staff. Michael Blackwell grew up in Gastonia and now lives in Thomasville. He graduated from UNC Chapel Hill and Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest. He had a varied career in radio, newspapers, and television before spending 13 years working in churches in North Carolina and Virginia. Dr. Blackwell is in demand as a writer and motivational speaker, fulfilling some 50 engagements annually. He is the author of four books. He has greatly expanded the scope and influence of the Baptist Children's Homes and has led it to become one of the most respected institutions of its kind in the United States. He was the driving force in establishing the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry. He is married and has two adult children and two grandchildren. His passion is improving the lives of children, adults, families, and those with special needs. Will you join me in welcoming Dr. Michael Blackwell? All right. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to finally be able to be here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We had looked forward with great anticipation to being here in October. That was a huge weekend for me. It was the 55th graduating anniversary homecoming reunion of my high school class in Gastonia. So I was going to get up early that morning and drive over here. But wow, was it bad weather, especially on Saturday. And finally, Linda Morgan, our Wonder Woman director at Broyhill in the western area, said we just can't come down that mountain. And we couldn't. There were actually a lot of accidents that particular Sunday. But look what we have today. Such a beautiful, beautiful day. And it all works out the way that it's supposed to. Thank you, Keith. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Keith McKinney is now in his uh, seventh month as pastor here. And Joanne and Melvin Lutz are so excited about his being here and doing such a great job. Al Cadenhead, thank you so much for being here today, too. I've got to say one thing about Dr. Cadenhead. Keith mentioned that I preached for him the Sunday that he was preaching his trial sermon at Providence Baptist Church in Charlotte. Now, that's one thing. But Al Caden had told the church that he was preaching a trial sermon at Providence Church in Charlotte that Sunday, and the sacrificial lamb preaching that Sunday morning was going to be me, which I think was actually on my birthday. And, uh, and I, so I had to kind of uh, vamp a little bit about that. But that was, that was pretty courageous to be able to do that. And it would have been really something if they had said no to you down in Charlotte, wouldn't it? <laughs> what? Anyway, it's so good to be here today. Thank you for everything. I want to say a special uh, thank you to our trustee, Joanne Lutz, uh, for her faithfulness. She's... Uh, sitting with a wonderful family back there. They're very close to the Westmoreland family. Jay Westmoreland is the chair of our board of trustees. And thank you for being here, Jay, with Scarlett and your two kids. We appreciate that so very, very much. Well, most of all, I express my appreciation to the children, the young people, and the staff of our Western area for being here today. 
I think that you're going, I know that you're going to be the recipients of a blessing that is beyond anything you might have anticipated today. So I ask that you be in an atmosphere of prayer, that you not only pray for these children and these young people and the staff, but you pray that God will open your mind and your heart and your spirit so that whatever happens here today can bless you and encourage you and be a redemptive moment for you this day. Now, I'm going to step over here because you may not be able to hear another word I'm going to say. Because I'm going to ask the children and young people and staff to come on stage now. Now, because you're not going to be hearing a lot I'm saying, I do want you to hear this. Pick out a face. Because when you pick out a face, you have picked out a person. You've picked out a soul. And I want you to pray for that person. It may be a child. It may be a teenager. It may be a staff member. It may be me. And you need to pray for that person. Just remember that these children and young people are here because there have been difficult moments in their life. Trauma has brought them here. They're not here for a summer or winter vacation. So pray for somebody, pick out a face, pick out a name, and maybe at the end of the service you will have an opportunity to come by and say hello to them and tell them that you have been praying for them this day. Haven't we come to worship the Lord today? Amen. I think we're ready to roll the first song here. And I want you to join with these young people as we say we have come to worship the Lord. You guys ready up there? Roll it. Well, I don't know about some of y'all, but there's some children up here who have come here this morning particularly to worship the Lord. Some of them got up as early as 4 o'clock this morning to drive all the way here to worship the Lord. So I want you to keep that in mind as we lift up in the name of the Lord. We're going to sing the verse. Y'all will learn it, but then we want y'all to join in and sing with us. We've come to worship the Lord. That's the reason we're here, to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. We've come to worship the Lord. We've come to worship the Lord. We've come to praise his name and thank him for everything. Oh, we've come to worship him. How about you? All right, it's as simple as that so y'all can join us. We've come to worship the Lord. Amen. We've come to worship the Lord. We've come to praise his name and thank him for everything. Oh, we've come to worship him. How about you? Let's set aside our differences and be in one accord. Let's give honor to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Kids, 
We've come to worship the Lord. We've come to worship the Lord. We've come to praise his name and thank him for everything. Oh, we've come to worship him. How about you? The Lord has blessed us all so much we never could repay. He's given love to everyone, and with grace he's made a way. He's made a way. Oh, we've come to worship the Lord. We've come to worship the Lord. Oh, and praise his name. We've come to praise his name. Oh, yes. And thank him for everything. Oh, we've come to worship him. How about you? This is a promise from him. Jehovah, our father, no other could be our king. He's worthy of honor. We owe him everything. We owe him everything. We've come to worship the Lord. We've come to worship the Lord. Oh, how about you? We've come to praise his name. And thank him for everything. Oh, we've come to worship him. How about you? How about you? We've come to worship him. How about you? How about you? We've come to worship him. How about you? How about you? Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a little song that everybody should know. I want y'all to join in with us as we sing this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Worship the Lord in your heart. Yes, Jesus loves me. Thanks, kids. Y'all may be seated. So, Linda Morgan, let me ask you, how, what are the age ranges of the, the children now in the West and at Broy Hill? As young as? Four. As young as four. So, I saw somebody named Ethan. Is, is, Ethan, a, is Ethan in care? He's five. He's five. Now, he caught my eye. Come up here. Uh, why don't you just stand right here? Now, this is obviously all unplanned. So, so what is your name? 
Ethan, and how old are you? Five. You're five years old? Yep. Okay. So when you came off the stage, you what did you give me five, or what was that? I gave you a five. So the whole time you were singing, you were looking right at me. Yep. And I was looking right at you. <laughs> so you're five. So what do you want to be when you grow up? A weatherman. A what? A weatherman. A weatherman. Now, I believe he can do that. Yep. So did, so did you forecast these sunny skies today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I... I dressed up like a weatherman. You dress up like a weatherman? Yes, sir. He did get first place uh, in the elementary school. They had uh, career day, was it not? Is that right? And oh. then we dressed him up. Huh? Career yeah, that's day. it. Career day. So he dressed him up with uh, clouds on his head and everything. And, I just uh, had to have beautiful. you meet Ethan. This was not planned at all. Okay, now you're through, so you can go back and have a seat. <laughs> I got to tell you, we have these kind of amazing stories all over the western area of North Carolina. And in fact, all over our 20 locations in North Carolina and in Guatemala. Just got to tell you in passing here, uh, the Guatemala missionaries are in Thomasville right now, along with the board of our Guatemala children's home called Good Shepherd Ministries. And I had the opportunity to meet with them yesterday. And the Guatemalan ministry is incredible. It's now almost in its second year. And it took us a long time to get through all the red tape in Guatemala. Uh, but we're licensed now. And the first uh, child that we had there was about, oh, I don't know, 10 or 12 hours old. Had been abandoned in a shoebox. And we heard about it, and we rescued that child. The second child was maybe 20 or 25 hours old. And these children are growing. And I have a bunch of pictures that they sent to me yesterday of the children in Guatemala. So I want to let you know now that we are international. And I need to update the statistic that Keith gave you. We just got the statistics about two days ago. And on all of our services, all the Baptist Children's Homes and the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry, all of our evangelistic outreaches in America and Guatemala, 21,360 lives touched. That's why we sometimes say North Carolina's largest family. Let that sink in. 21,000 lives touched last year by the overarching ministry sharing hope changing lives of the Baptist Children's Homes, the Baptist Aging Ministry, and all of our special ministries, which include ministries to adults with developmental disabilities, family care ministry, weekday education ministries. It is huge and touches the lives here in all 100 North Carolina counties. This man up here has so much talent. He and his wife, Sean, and I think she's here somewhere. You guys are coming up pretty close on 25 years in a, in a cottage. That's remarkable. You already have some, Linda, that have exceeded 25 years in a cottage. In a cottage now. That is absolutely remarkable. Linda has been with us almost 43 years. 
our oldest employee, I think, in age, but perhaps our youngest employee in spirit is Lou Arnsdorf, who on January 1, you need to stand up, turned <laughs> 79. Man, I'm telling you. She is my hope and inspiration. I'll be 74 a little bit later this year, and I just have to try to keep up with Miss Lou. So I think, and to the staff, I just want to say uh, my first time here in the new year, I, I want to do everything I can to bless you and encourage you in any way that I can. My priority is still our staff members, because if I can affirm and bless and empower staff, then you can bless and affirm and empower these very precious children. This morning, we have several of our young people who are going to come and share some things about their lives, some things about how their life has been touched and changed, and how the Lord has continued to work in their lives, and by extension, how the Lord can work in your life. Trevor and Angel are going to come and speak, and Paige is going to come and speak, but she's also going to sing for us today. You know, this is not easy for any of us to do, to be able to stand and share a word of testimony, but these kids are courageous. They are brave, and they are empowered by the Holy Spirit and by your love and your prayers and your concern. Trevor, come and share with us, if you will, my friend. Good morning, my name is Trevor. I'm 18 and I've been with Broyhill for a little over four years. Before I came to Broyhill, me and my family lived in Franklin over in Macon County. It was uh, me, my dad, and my sister. We didn't have a whole lot of structure there. If we were failing a class, my dad would say, oh, just try again next time. Uh, if we didn't have a test to take that day at school, sometimes we didn't really have to go to school that day. Um, me and my sister, we would uh, roam the streets at night and just mess around. Um, I was getting picked on a lot at school. People would throw my stuff out the bus window. They'd throw away my food. It spit on me when I walked down the hallway. I dealt with a lot of depression and a lot of anger. Then when I came to Broyhill, um, it was an immediate change. We we actually did chores. We actually ate at a table like a normal family would. It took a while to get used to. Um, ever since I came to Broyhill, I got saved on November 8th, 2013. Um, and because of Broyhill and people like you that support us, my sister was the first person in my family to not only graduate high school, but to go on to college, and I'll be the second. So thank you. Good morning. My name is Angel, and I am 16 years old. I've lived at Broy Hill for over two years now and I enjoy it a lot. Before I came, my life was not so great. My mother and stepfather were cocaine addicts and alcoholics and abused me and my siblings. Over the years, their drug habits got worse and it just hurt us more. 
We had lost our home because of it and had no food or money. My older sister finally told us that we needed to tell DSS so that we could live better and have a good change. So DSS placed us in my aunt's care and she was basically doing the same things. And she got to the point where she didn't want us to live with her anymore. Shortly after DSS placed me and my sister Laverne at Broyhill. At first I hated it there. I also didn't want to be there and I was wondering why me. I wasn't making good choices or decisions. Since I've lived at Broyhill, I've been saved and I am closer to God. I have wonderful house parents who love and take good care of me and the girls. And last, I have a huge family who love to joke around and a bunch of sisters who will always brighten your day and make you laugh. So thank you for all your support and everything you do for us and keep us in your prayers. Thank you. Hi, my name is Paige. I'm 17 and I will be at Blue Hill a year next month. Um, when I first came to Blue Hill, my life was very rough. I had a very dysfunctional childhood. My parents fought all the time. My house was always full of drugs and drug addicts. I would say that I lived a childhood that I don't feel a child should ever have to live. Um, in September of 2009, my father committed suicide. And that was the day that I realized my family would no longer be the same because he was the glue that held my family together. Um, I was 11 at that time and by age 12, I was already in DSS custody because of the poor choices that my mother made. Um, I guess at that point she realized what she was doing because it only took her eight months to get clean and get us back. And everything was okay until about 2014 and she got with the guy she is with now. And um, I noticed that her old habits were coming back. She was back to isolating herself or never being home. And um, I confronted her about them. And she told me that if I did not like her habits, that I could leave, that she was tired of not being happy because of her kids. And at that point, I thought I could do it on my own, so I left. Um, and I never went back. I lived anywhere I could pretty much until the end of 2014, beginning of 2015. And then DSS found out, and I was placed here at Broyhill, part of BCH. Um, since being here, I have got my, I've made my way into the TLP program for the older girls. Um, along this journey, I quit high school twice, but I am very proud to say that I'm a senior in high school. I graduate in May, and I have a job. I work at McDonald's. And I have a future plan. My plans are either Carson Newman, ETSU, or Gardner-Webb. And I'm, every child at Broy Hill, sometimes they don't see it, but they're very blessed. The life that they have, the things that they could be going through if they weren't there. Um, I got rededicated to God July 2015 at Caswell with my youth group. My walk with God's a lot better. And I want to read you the verse that I live my life by every day. It's Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you hope in a future. When I'm down, I read that and just think about it. I'm alive. I have food, clothes, blessed. I have a family. Even though it's not blood, they're still family. And none of this would have been possible without the support of people like you. So we just wanted to thank you, and I will 
do my testimony song for you. Sand is on the shore, sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the seas, he's in control of everything, of all creatures great and small. And he knows my name, every step that I take, every move that Every tear that I cry, he knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain and can't see the light of day. I know I'll be just fine, cause he knows my name. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, I can't tell you in store I don't know a lot of things I don't have all the answers to the questions of life but I know in whom I have believed and he knows my name every step that I take every move that I make Every tear that I cry, he knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain and can't see the light of day. I know I'll be just fine, cause he knows my I tell y'all how much I
You know, when I see these young people like this and the courage that it takes, I want to remind them that 20 years ago, we had a young lady named Roberta who was in care at our Broyhill Children's Homes. And for those who were here today, you may be like Roberta one day and get to go with me, Brenda Gray, all over North Carolina, sharing what God has done in your life too. God does know Paige's name. And for Paige, an angel, uh, they probably gave me the highest compliment that they could do. They wanted a selfie with me. And I tell you, I treasure that. But here's the thing. God knows your name too. God knows your name and God has a plan because God knows your name. And in the Old Testament, if God knew your name, God knew you. God knows you. God loves you. So, Roberta, you are not only an ambassador for Baptist Children's Homes, but you are a role model for these young people who are here today. And one day, they will say, you know, Roberta had a great influence on my life, touched my life, and blessed my life, as you are going to do now. Roberta, God bless you, sweetie. Thank you. Well, good morning. My life hasn't always been as good as the life that I now live. When I was 10 years old, I was taken out of my home and placed in a separate foster home than my eight-year-old sister and my six-year-old brother. The reasons were numerous from physical abuse to neglect. I weighed 52 pounds and was in the fifth grade. We never ate a meal together as a family. The kids ate last if there was anything left at all. I slept outside many nights and was forbidden to come back in. My little sister was made to stand in the snow on Christmas Day without food because she loved our dad more than my mom's boyfriend. And seeing how she refused to call him dad, he made her stand outside. He then made my little brother and I go outside and taunt my sister with the Christmas gifts that we had received because she received nothing. My little brother, Tommy, was six years old. And when we were in the car going to the grocery store, of course, like all six-year-olds, he liked to talk in the car. And Frank said since he liked to talk so much, when we got home, he would have to talk for a whole hour. If not, he would be beaten. Well, when we got home, Frank took my brother into the house with my mom, locked the door, and for an entire hour he beat my brother because he had nothing to say. My mother just sat watching the entire thing, never stopping Frank. They would make me wear my feces in a cup around my neck as punishment, and I had to go out in front of public like that. And as you can imagine, it was so demeaning, disgraceful, and I was ashamed. Those are just a few of the painful memories I have of my childhood. And one day while visiting my aunt, she called Department of Social Services. They came to her house and took pictures of our bodies, which always had bruises on them, and turned in my mother and her boyfriend for child abuse. I remember that day because my mom had found out what was happening, and she came to my aunt's house. 
And when she came, she was screaming at me to get into the car. We were going home. As you can imagine, I took off running to the back bedroom with my brother and my sister, and I locked the door and got us in there. I was so scared because I thought she would take us back home to Frank, who would surely beat us. The police were called, and my brother and sister were crying, and they were saying, Sissy, please, please don't open that door. Please don't open the door. So as I, too, began to cry, I heard the police officer say, Roberta, you're safe. You can open the door and you can trust us. You're not going to have to go back with your mom. She's not going to take you back to Frank. And as I opened the door, he grabbed me and he held me. And I was just so afraid. My mom was screaming by this point. She was saying, please don't take my babies. Please don't take my babies from me. He said, if you'll leave Frank, we'll help you find a place where you can take care of your kids. And as I looked up at her, she said, if I have to choose between him and my kids, I choose him. And in that moment, in that moment, I thought, I hate you. I hate you, and I will never forgive you for what you are doing. You see, there were 52 counts of abuse and neglect placed on my mother and her boyfriend, Frank, which she went ahead and married. They immediately took my brother and my sister away and put them in a different foster home. We were placed in long-term care, which means till the age of 18. My mother's rights were terminated. For the next five years, I would see my brother and my sister for one hour each month as social services could find the time to get us together. Then they asked if we would like to come to a place where we could be on the same campus. And Broyhill Home in Clyde, North Carolina was now the home that I would call for the next four years. I had a huge family there that loved me and took care of my daily needs. I attended church and gave my life to Jesus Christ. I graduated high school and went to college. And that is the story that I shared for several years. But praise the Lord, that's not my story. You guys, that's not my story. The story that I am here today is one of love and forgiveness because I have found Jesus Christ. And when I saw that he allows nothing to happen to me outside of his sovereign will, I was able to forgive my mom. I was able to forgive Frank. And in that, there is such joy. There is such a blessing that I did not know existed. So what is my story? I came to Baptist Children's Homes, started going to a wonderful church where my pastor showed me the love, the mercy, compassion, the forgiveness of Jesus. I still go through things and they don't seem quite so painful. The Lord is showing me that I went through the trials in my life that I might be a blessing. Every single one of us has a story to tell. 
the greatest gift that he has given me is the gift of forgiveness. I have been given the grace to break the cycle of abuse in my own home and to show my children the love that he has shown to me. I am not perfect, but I love the Lord with all of my heart. A couple years back, my husband was deployed to Afghanistan, and the Lord not only wanted me to forgive my mom, but he wanted me to reconcile that relationship. I didn't want to. I knew I had forgiven her. But I didn't necessarily want to reconcile. But you know what? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Bible says my grace is sufficient for thee. And I was not alone in that. He said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He says, he goes before me and fights my battles. And one day I'd brought my mom home to my, my home and had taken care of her. She was sick with diabetes from juvenile diabetes of years, 40 years. She was on dialysis three times a week. She had fallen and shattered her femur. And we were trying to get to the bathroom and she couldn't quite make it. And I had a mess that I was going to have to clean up. And as I knelt down to cling the Lord spoke something to me and I will never ever be the same my mind went back to that day when I had to wear the feces around my neck and today the Lord said today my child you will show grace you will show my mercy my compassion and my forgiveness to a woman who showed you none because that is the power of forgiveness, is it not? It's not me. It's not anything that I can do. It's only the power in him. He reminded me that day how great he is. For 16 years, I had the privilege of ministering to my mom, showing Jesus to her in my actions. A little over a year ago, my mom was in Asheville at the hospital, and I walked on the elevator and got ready to go see her. I'd already been twice that day, but the Lord said, go back and see her one more time that evening. And as I got on the elevator, he said, share Jesus with her. And I thought, hello, what do you think I've been doing? I didn't say it quite like that. <laughs> But I thought, you mean like the Romans road gospel? And he said, yes. And so I was nervous, but I walked in the room and she said, hey, Bert, which is what she called me. And I said, mom, the Lord wants me to ask you something. And she said, okay. And I said, if you were to die tonight, mom, what would happen? And she just looked at me. And tears came to her eyes. She said, I don't want to die. She said, I'm not ready to leave you and Tommy and Melinda, my kids Noah and Hannah, my sister's kids Jonathan and Ashley. She said, I don't want to leave. And I said, Mom, the Bible says that 
because I have believed I'm going to be in heaven one day, and the only way that if you die, you're going to be able to be in heaven as well is if you confess with your tongue, believe with your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord. He is faithful to cleanse you and forgive you for all unrighteousness. Tears flowed down her eyes. I said, what is it? She couldn't forgive herself for what she had put us through. And I said, Mom, you know I've forgiven you. She said, I know. You've shown me love. And I said, if I forgive you, you know the Lord can forgive you. He loves you. She said, I want that Jesus. And I had the beautiful privilege of leading my mom to the Lord after 16 years of showing her grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. When I came off that elevator, I looked like I needed to be behavioral therapy. I looked like bipolar because I had the biggest smile on my face and they were afraid to get in the elevator with me because <laughs> I just smiled and was bawling. The Lord showed me how great he is. He is so great, girls and boys. He has given us so very much. I had no clue that two months later, eight weeks, January the 18th, 2015, that I would get to hold my mother as she took her last breath on this earth. He is so great. I had no clue as a 10-year-old little girl that I would be able to be used by him for his glory, his story that he has entrusted to me. You've been entrusted to. You have a story. Every single one of these kids has a story. And when you saw their face up here, some of them weren't smiling. They're on a journey. They're progressing. And we can share his love because of how great he is. I'm going to sing how great thou art. And I want you to worship.
Roberta, a week from tomorrow will mark the first anniversary of your mom's passing. That will be a significant time. But I want to tell you right now, Linda Morgan and I and Brenda Gray and I are going to mark that time a week from tomorrow to thank God for you. Well, of course, you know what the gospel in miniature is. It is the fact that Jesus saves. As we come to this part of the service, Adam and our kids are going to remind you of the power of the gospel. The stories that we heard are just a glimpse that we see every day. And that's what America is. Everybody here has a story and everybody's story is a little different. My story is that I was given a family that cared for me. People who took me to church, mom and a dad, and I didn't ask for that. 
but I have a responsibility because to whom much is given, much will be required. Our mission has never changed since we began. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that mission is Jesus saves. The Spirit of the Lord has come through this place today. The wind of the Spirit has blown through this place, and I hope that your mind and your heart and your spirit have been touched. You know the power of forgiveness. You know the power of love. You know the power of the gospel. You have seen it in face, in person, in lives that have been changed. Keith, thank you for the opportunity to be here this day. If you've received a blessing this morning, would you say amen? Wow. They have communicated and demonstrated through word, through testimony, through song, the powerful love of God and how that love can change lives. You can't come into the presence of God and leave the same. But we leave changed when we enter into his presence. Many of you shared stories, powerful stories. I have a story. All of you have a story. We're going to have a hymn of invitation to close the service today. And I'm going to invite Roger to play. And uh, this will be a, a change, Roger. Uh, and Roger can adapt to that. But 334, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You know, the chorus of this song says, this is my story. And this is my song. And you know, we all have our individual stories, but we're part of a collective story of what Jesus Christ does when he changes lives. And so let's stand and sing. And if you need to respond this morning in some way, I'll be here. I'm going to ask Wesley to come down as well. Um, Dr. Michael Black will be here as well if you'd like to speak with him. But uh, let's stand and uh, let the words and speak to our hearts and you respond as led.
you to be seated for just a moment. And I want to go ahead and ask if our ushers will be making their way down front this morning. And I also want to invite Melvin and Joanne Lutz uh, to join me down front and Dr. Michael Blackwood. Melvin, I want to ask you to have our offertory prayer today. We're going to have an offering. This will be our uh, church's regular offering. And then today, as you go out, there will be GAs stationed at the doors. If you would like to make a contribution to the wonderful ministry of Baptist Children's Homes, if you would like to make a, an offering to the North Carolina Baptist Children's Homes, please do that at the doors uh, as you leave today. Uh, there will be girls standing there. And I want to invite uh, Dr. Blackwell to come down here as we offer this prayer. And I would like Melvin to lead our prayer. Uh, for our offertory prayer. <laughs> so, uh, Melvin, if you'll come over here, and Dr. Blackwell, um, I want this prayer not only to be, uh, you know, of course, you bless the gifts, but uh, pray for Dr. Blackwell and the children's homes and uh, this wonderful work as well. Let's pray together. God, you have blessed us abundantly during this time. We thank you for the ministry of this church for our leadership and for the ministry of Baptist Children's Homes throughout North Carolina and even in Guatemala. We thank you for the small part and privilege that we have to share together, each of us, as we have witnessed the presentation today, the lives that have expressed their gratitude to you for salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as gifts are given, we know that it will be used wisely, discreetly, and purposefully for the advancement of your kingdom in the hearts and lives of other individuals. Thank you for Dr. Black on his leadership and all of his staff, and we pray that as we continue and as each of us continue to serve and to honor you, that you would bless and keep. Be with them with traveling mercies, for we pray in thy name. Father, we're so grateful for the stories that we can each tell of change, of forgiveness, of grace. Father, may we take the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with us as we go forth to our homes, to our workplaces, to our school classrooms. And Father, may people see the joy that Roberta talked about this morning. May they see that in our faces and they hear that in our words and see it in our lives that we live. Bless each one here today. Bless the homes. Provide for their needs. Bless these children who are going through difficult times. Bless the workers who care for them. We thank you for Dr. Michael Blackwell and what he has continued to do over the course of many years. Bless each one here today, Father. We thank you. It's been good to have been in the house of the Lord and all of God's people said, amen. Have a great day.